Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the Raw Life podcast, the podcast where I talk to strangers about their life experiences. My name is Paul and I'm joined today by our guest Axel. Hello, hello. So Axel, how old are you? Um, just turning 21 in a month. Turning 21, okay, okay. And where are you from? I'm from Washington in the United States. Washington? Ah. <laughs> very, very nice. <laughs> So, do you, uh, you're from Washington. Do you still live in Washington? And what do you do for a living? Currently, I am a arranged transporter, I guess is the best way of saying that, in VRChat and other online media. But I'm also a grocery store stalker overnight. Oh, okay, okay. Well, tell me a little bit about them both. Well, the arranged transporter, I say, is like people hire me to spend time with them and show them around um in different games or show them the ropes other things like that oh um, that's interesting right. yeah i i saw that there wasn't really a market for that in vr chat and seeing as it was such a sociable and very diverse game it was like i thought it would be best to try and exploit onto that i, I, th- I think that sounds pretty smart obviously exploiting onto that because i've played vr chat myself quite a lot and you have some really good moments. You have some, like, well, out-of-this-world strange moments. <laughs> yeah. How do you find it actually being, like, a range uh, transport around there? What's, what's it actually like? So tell me about what you initially do. Like, what's the setup? So it very much depends. Um, so starting will be most of it's by word of mouth. So okay. I, I tell people about what I do and then they'll usually tell someone else and they'll tell someone else and so and so on. Uh, Once I get contacted, it all depends what kind of package or thing they want. Yeah. Usually they'll want like a diverse package, you know, show them around the horror maps, the um, different socials for different ethnic groups and the like. I have a playlist set up for that, which, you know, I keep on private because that is my business. (laughs) Well, usually um, shown worlds I do are classics to diverse. So if they're new to VR in general, I will take them to Treehouse in the Shade and then uh, just moved in. Because those are usually the best when altering like different visuals and getting used to that kind of thing. Um, Treehouse in the Shade especially because you find out if you have motion sickness. So you're sort of uh, like a guide and people obviously like need you as this guy to show them around this uh, VR world because there's, as you know when you've been in it, in, in VR chat there is many different worlds that are always constantly being created. How, how did you get started into this? What was the initial idea? Well, before, like before COVID and all etc like that, I was a part of an escort service. Ah, okay. So, I was I actually wrote it down. It sounds sort of like a, a similar escort service. Yeah. It just it they don't really VRChat especially doesn't like it when you tag like escorting or things <laughs> like that with their yeah. name on there. So uh-huh. in essence I am an escort and usually all true to the name. Um yeah. but yeah, I was a part of an escort service that ended up obviously having to be closed due to COVID. And then I ended up getting the profession job as the uh, night store stalker. Obviously, I get into VR chat. I get into VR chat around February, so just before um, COVID really started kicking up and 
people started worrying about it. So I, I started out in desktop. That ended up being a, a short-lived dream because <laughs> I, I saw the prospects of VR and I got myself a mixed reality. After I got my mixed reality, I ended up getting thrown into the world that was the drinking and the the debauchery life that is VR chat um, underground. And really? I saw, yes, it is very much almost instant was I got my headset, I plug it in, I get on at night, I join on a friend, immediately a strip show. Damn, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. So I... It's actually quite crazy how VR is... I, I think it's slowly taken over more and more games at the moment. Like, I imagine in the future, everything will be VR. And what surprises me about the most is how natural it feels to talk to someone in VR. It feels more natural than actually going up to someone in real life and saying, hey, how are you doing? Because that seems strange nowadays, in my point of view. Where in VR, you can just say, hey, and they'll be like, hi, how are you? It seems more normal. Yeah, because with real life, you need an initiative to interact with VR chat, it's implied. How are you finding it actually is like you've gone from the escort to the the night store? How's that transition? Um, so the escort business was a lot of pre-planning, a lot of saving face. Um, it is very stressful. It, it is. And then when you tell people about it, which usually you don't, but um, when you do end up telling people, they will have a mixed thing about it or mixed view because a lot of the time they just think of you as a uh, streetwalker you know ah okay, um, okay right when in reality most of the time that wasn't at all involved you know the coitus yeah um to keep it family friendly yeah <laughs> uh, it was a lot of the time taking them on a date um talking with them a lot of the time they just wanted to talk it was more for comfort then obviously like talking to someone yeah I imagine the people in escorts just needed someone to chat to or they felt a bit lonely. Yeah, uh, a lot of the time, or not a lot of the time, I guess I encountered it three or four times where people with speech impediments who feel uncomfortable talking normally will oh. hire escorts to practice. It's not super common, and it's probably not an avenue a lot of people would take because, you know, escort services aren't covered by insurance. Yeah. <laughs> and speech therapy is. Oh, okay. So obviously when they had the money for the speech therapy, obviously they've been paying the escorts. So it's like, hey, I want to learn how to speak better. And then I imagine they hire... How, how do they even find escorts? It very much depends. Um, it's kind of not really a good idea to do online. Um, flyers were used to, but now it was mostly like there's online resource. We wouldn't like just go on Cra like Craigslist or, you know, any other Facebook or something and put like, hey, yo, escort here, <laughs> hire me. Um, we do have like, I guess, an agency employment kind of thing, where it's basically just two dudes who are marketing out the people who would contact them. And then we'd get the people and the time we'd contact the people and then proceed from there it seems very efficient the way it's actually worked like very professional yes and in that it's like perspective was everything so you had to look nice you had to act nice any complaints could hinder the process exponentially okay okay i, I know you mentioned earlier obviously you wanted to say coitus to keep it family friendly um, so obviously, was there was there sex involved with some of these escorts then? Yes, although we couldn't explicitly say that was like involved the in the price. 
Right, yeah. Okay. It was, but, you know, government stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Obviously, you said you've got these packages in VR. Did you also have the packages in Escort? Yeah, that was more negotiable because you could do more. Like, you could take them to different places. You could, you know, you, you just had a bit more leniency yeah. and how you could take them around and all that um in vr it's mostly i got world exploration i have phantom sense manipulation which is actually quite a large one i got cuddles yeah <laughs> quote a quote unquote <laughs> and that's pretty much the broad range of what it is i have club uh, like kind of club attender yeah so if, if you need to beef up numbers at a party or something um usually they'll invite me or hire me for that um, some people hire me to go with them to parties in case they feel unsafe. Oh, that's, that's yes. crazy. Yeah. And this is obviously well, all in VR chat in the VR world. Yeah, that's essentially a replica of what I would do in the real world, just modified. Like, for the protection one in the parties, it's because I have protection client software. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. yeah. so in uh-huh. case anybody tries to crash, drop portals, anything like that, it's, you know... Yeah. Yeah, uh, now I, I know exactly what you mean because when I right. started VR chat, I joined and someone said, "Hey, add me as a friend," and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. This guy seems nice." And next thing you know, there's all stuff over the screen, and you just—it's just panic. It's like, "Oh shit, what has this person done?" Bopped you with a hammer, yeah. Yep, yeah. It's it's just one of them things. Like it's so I'm always very not distrusting, but I'm very wary now of who I add on uh, VR chat. Right, which is the same for any other social media norm. Yeah, platform. yeah. You know, you don't just get a random Facebook request and go, yeah, yeah <laughs> Gary from Louisiana. Totally. Like, this, this person seems nice. Yes. Have all my details. <laughs> yeah. Know who my mother is. <laughs> so one of the things I'm curious about, the escort business, if you don't mind me asking, how does it actually work? Say if I wanted an escort and I was like, hey, I want to hire an escort. I want to talk to one. Does that mean I'm paying a set price or do I have to pay for your food and drink or anything you have or taxes? Or... Normally I'd pay. Uh-huh, okay, um, okay. When it comes to, well, depending on the place. So there's like a range you just agree. It's like, have you ever commissioned an avatar? I've never commissioned an avatar. Now I've played VR chat as just walking around just talking to people and just visiting different worlds so i played for a long time but i think learning about it i'm very basic that's all right so in commissioning an avatar you essentially get options and ranges on what they can do and what they're willing to go forward with so you would say from the night i would like the night to start from six o'clock to three in the morning or continuous continuous is however long it ends up needing to be okay you know um you'd start out you'd say from six to nine i'd like full range or any other specified thing that you'd require like i require movie to dinner or dinner to movie etc after that would be like escorts decision or escort transport which would be i'd take them somewhere like involving the town something sociable making them the social like social center point um after that would be just like if it was continuous usually that's go to their place or go to a motel covered by the company oh, um, okay so that's obviously how all the funds work as well obviously there's a little bit of back and forth so there is like wiggle room as well yeah there's there's a bit of wiggle room 
um, a lot of the time it was a lot of pre-study on our hands. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's really interesting. I mean, thank you for opening it up with that, Axel. The next two questions I asked all the guests that come on is, what is the best thing that's ever happened to you? Mm, probably the best thing that's ever happened to me is moving out of my house, like my family's house. Why was that the best thing? Did it just feel like a sense of achievement, like you've got your own place? It's more like I didn't realize just how restricted I was or how controlled in a sense you know, having your parents there, sure, it's helpful because they help with, like, they focus on, like, some cleaning and they, they make food, if anything. And you pay, I paid rent um, to them for every month. And it was more like assisted dynamic, but they still had that parent mentality, not landlord mentality. Ah, okay. So in all the freedoms that I wanted to do, if I wanted to go out, they still asked, you know, why are you going out or, like, where are you going or anything like that, which is wonderful because parents be parents yeah and but... it shows they do care it's just sometimes you can right. just get a little bit too much pressure where it's the same question every right. day it's like how are you how's work and and... for me yeah. yeah and it for me it restricted my transitioning Freedom. to fully adult no it just ah. transition to fully being an adult because okay. it still kept that because the jump from teenager to adult it is very much a sharp and rocky hit yeah unless properly prepared i myself wasn't really properly prepared like I got a job when I was 18, not when I was still in high school. So getting into the workforce was, you know, a bit of smack on the face. And then learning taxes, different paperwork and all that. I got pre-assessment like W-2s and stuff like that. I learned all that in school. But the real application, you know, when transporting or when driving and stuff, uh, how when you should do it in the day you know what to look out for just different adult things i wasn't really prepared for and i was truly able to immerse myself in adult life once i moved out because i no longer had that shield of being protected by my parents did it feel a little bit um scary when you moved out or was it just more excitement because obviously people are happy when they move out i imagine you know for me when i moved out is that sense of freedom and that you know you can put stuff somewhere and it won't get moved by any of your parents (laughs) it's like getting changed in a public gym yes like locker room it's a lot like you'll feel vulnerable like once you get through but once you got the clothes on you're like all right well i'm just a part of the system now (laughs) (laughs) just how it is and then the more obviously it happens each time you have to move places or anything like that it just it gets very much easier and you just becomes another part of life you know ah okay yeah Uh, well i'm I'm very glad that that's the best thing that's happened to you i mean you're 21 i'm sure plenty more things will happen to you (laughs) oh of course (laughs) (laughs) but that that's that's very cool and i'm very glad that you've you know finally managed to move out are you happy with like your place where you moved out? Is it nice? Um, the the first place I moved out to. Yeah. Um, because I recently moved. Um, oh, end congratulations! Of July. Nice. Right. That place was pretty bad. Ah. It was pretty, it was pretty good being in town. Um, but when I moved in March, like I moved in January, and then when it got to March, the quarantine started to hit. So it was nice having like food delivery and stuff like that. But because it was cheap because it was very close to but my room because i bought the room you could essentially reach your arm out to your right and your left lean a bit and you touch each wall oh my god that is a small room kick your foot out kind of move forward a bit kick the wall 
slide back, kick the hit the wall. It was very, very small. It was like I think it was like a good seven foot by like five and a half foot. The whole room. Yeah. Okay, so I've got a question. Where did you mm-hmm. put your bed? <laughs> did, did you have anything really? So what was? How did you sleep? I had a mattress that I've had against the wall, but most mm-hmm. of the time I didn't use that. I just slept in my chair because I had right. a gaming chair. So most of the time my PC took priority because you know I'm in quarantine most of the day and stuff. So I yeah. need something to entertain, and I thought I could sacrifice my sleep quality over you know making sure everything was able to be in my room feel that you sacrificed the sleep quality over obviously your priority of gaming and well that i didn't really sleep well to begin with okay um so it it was more like i have something that's bad already might as well just keep it bad okay okay. that's Uh that's that's an interesting mindset i mean i imagine it was quite obviously i'm just being forward here but i imagine if i if i was in that that room where it's just okay i can get a mattress in here and, and maybe a desk and a chair i would yeah. be you'd, you'd be down you'd be very very sad sure you have somewhere to live but it's it's like you're boxed in it, it was it was very claustrophobic um yeah. when i first initially got there um also the space itself was big enough to have the mattress on the floor and then the desk and my chair and stuff although the chair would be like shoved into the corner and all yeah. that so it was just barely enough room for everything um Damn. so technically i could i could put down the mattress yeah. but you know a lot You've got of to time, stuff yeah i imagine it felt great moving into your new place <laughs> it would well let me give you a perspective my old room was about seven foot by five six foot if anything this room currently is about 10 feet by 17 it's Ugh. exponentially bigger so it's it's like yeah. a freedom that is all <laughs> that i couldn't have had but like it didn't really feel free until now yeah. and i have full like customization of the walls i can like put nails into it and stuff so oh really that's nice so obviously like over here the, like the landlords they trust you with stuff like that just hammering the nails if it, it feels like your home mm-hmm that, yeah, no, scary. because it's a it's a tenant tree, so yeah. I I more pretty much just I, I live in the house. Okay, okay, and I imagine you got a bed there now. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot better than the mattress. <laughs> yeah. All right. So congratulations, by the way. So the next question I have for you is, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? Ooh, that's where it gets. It's not a hard question. Like, I'm not saying, like, it's difficult. Well, it's difficult to answer only in the fact that I don't know which thing. Like, there's there's a lot there. Um... When if you think if you think back now, obviously of your bad moments, obviously people have been through bad moments. Some people have been through a hell of a lot worse than any other person. What's the most instant thing that you think of? Mm, Well this is where the most problem is because whenever i think of a bad thing happening to me i always think of how that changed me for the better ah Um, okay so from a negative in a negative situation and you get positive from it right like if someone is super depressed and they end up getting over that depression in some senses then in the case they've learned how to cope with and be happier as a person or live fuller as a life um, and so I always think of that. Probably would be 
either when I was very young, closer to fourth, fifth grade, was when I ended up feeling very suicidal. Yeah. Either that one or probably one that didn't really have was when I got jumped by one of my girlfriend's brothers. You got jumped by your girlfriend's brother? Yeah, I guess ex, but yeah, brother and a couple friends. That's insane. Talk to me about fifth grade. Like, what what made you feel this way? Um, because obviously, that's as a fifth grade, like that that's very very young to be having these oh, thoughts. Extremely certainly. young. Certainly. Um, it was mostly along the fact that for the first seven years of my life, I was living with my mom in a pretty poverty-ridden house. Um, she constantly had more kids so it was me then my brother and then my sister and then another brother and then she had another one on the way by the time I was leaving um by the time I left her at seven and the reason why I left her was about six and a half to six years or seven years old I was encountered by her and she said the father you thought was your dad isn't no two days later I go to visit him, like go to see him. You got um, to, you got to visit your real father. My real father. Where then I get back home after that, like we only stayed like one night, where then he shows up at the door. Turns out in direct messaging, my mother has agreed that I was going to go live with him. What? So she, she tells you this this news, this like breaking news. You go to visit him. She she's messaging him, saying that hey, he's going to live with you now. Right. Well, she came with when I visited. Okay. Um, so we all kind of took that as like a family trip. And then when we got back from the family trip, it's all like, well, you know how you came back here. Well, you're going back. Uh huh. And that was that was very much in the middle of the night too, which was the worst part because it's the middle of the night. I'm in my boxers on my bunk bed. I get waking up by my mom. She says, "Hey, your dad's here to pick you up." Yeah, that's... and yeah, I, I don't even know to ask you how you feel because I can't imagine you can put that into words. To to be perfectly honest, Axel, that's that's huh? that's a very rough thing to experience. Obviously, you thought he was your dad, and it turned out to be a lie. Did you still speak yeah. to that guy, or did you ever meet him, or was it just something that your mom said, or you were saying that you cut off all ties with him? Yeah, not intentionally. It's just you know I'm seven years old, moved across the state. It was you know, it just there was no chance for real contact. Yeah, yeah. And that that included with my mother, not only the father. Oh really? Right. It was more for. It wasn't like intentional. Like I was given Facebook, and that was when my Facebook was created to be able to keep in contact but i never really did never hopped on to talk to her so it's just one of these it 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 sort of sounds like a friendship or something that's really close and it just gradually dies out of the years slowly slowly where you just don't message each other right yeah which i ended up knowing that it was more of my mom like disassociation from everything from her uh like for the past like Five years until recently, I don't think she sent me a single message or contacted me at all. I'm, I'm so sorry. I mean, as I, I'm, I'm, I come oh, from someone fine. who's obviously like, you have arguments with your family. Like at, at an early age, I actually wanted to move out because 
I had a lot of problems when I was younger as well. So I do sort of understand you, but not understand you to the fullest. Yeah. No, that's but understandable. That, that's insane. But tell, tell me about this other situation you said where you got jumped. Right. <laughs> that one was... Uh, I, ca I call that more funny, but it, it really does suck because it's all like your security being yeah. taken away yeah. from you. Um, so this girl that I was hooking up with just turned about okay. 19, 19 and a quarter. I got with this girl and it was overall decently well. You know, whenever I'm in a relationship, I put most of my effort forward for that relationship, which doesn't always turn out for the better, but you know, can't help yeah. who you are. Um, well, I, I mean, sometimes it and, backfires, sometimes it's good. That's what I think with relationships. Yeah. It all depends on how the person perceives it. If, if you do a lot of stuff for them, maybe they get lazy or maybe feel grateful. So I think it's it's very mixed. Right, right. I, I ended up seeing that mostly when uh, I actually got into like VR chat relationships. Oh, really? Like that. You got into VR chat relationships? Um, accessing, okay. Yes, accessing the uh, dating world online through okay. VR chat. Uh, where it seems that VRChat grabs a standard relationship and accelerates it by like a hundred times. Really? Yes. Um, so experiences that you'd expect to experience in like a three to four month period will happen within the first couple That's days. insane. What, why do you reckon that is? Is it just because it's more you're more comfortable in VR? It's you don't have the security of yourself I, I don't know that's a weird way of saying it but you're so close together constantly and you can't have like when you're in yeah. person you know that a loving touch on the shoulder you know kiss on the cheek or just in general just simple nodes of affection yeah. so when in a vr chat or online relationship you seemingly have to keep ramping up your displays of affection or you feel that it's going to die off. Oh, I, I bet that's exhausting. Or they're no longer... Or they're going to feel like something is... Like, if you say, I love you too much, it ends up losing Yeah, its because meaning. then it doesn't become special. It's oh. just like, oh, that's been said again. Right, right. And that's just how it is on VR, like, online in general. Uh, and it is, it is exhausting, for the most part. Um, a lot of maintenance and a lot of thought that... You have to understand that, like a regular relationship, you got to be comfortable with yeah. not showing anything, and just understanding that you two are there. Yeah, it's way it's a situation where every time I see someone get into a relationship online, I say get in a private chat and just don't say anything. No, I I I agree, I agree. Like in in real life, like I've had past relationships where sometimes the other person always feels need to talk, and it's just like. I'm okay just sitting here quiet. Like, I feel relaxed as long as you do. But it's always question, question. And it's just, man, this this is exhausting. Because it's it's weird that being asked all the time makes you feel physically exhausted. But a lot of the time, it makes you feel mentally exhausted as well. But yeah, sorry, carry on. You tell me about uh, being jumped. I totally interrupted you. Onto another story. <laughs> Literally, I, I directed onto another story, too. Uh, <laughs> mutual, it, okay. Mutual. It was mutual. Um, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so being with her was seemingly a good thing about good it was constantly talking you know just in general it was it seemed like a good dynamic until she started going distant and getting just irrationally angry i didn't quite understand what that was and i was still very 
like semi new to just dating in general. And in that case, I over pursued. I felt I over pursued trying to help her out or get her close. And she ended up having a semi breakdown. And the brother ended up getting involved in seeing this. And he felt upon himself that I was a root cause for his sister being that way. And she reaffirmed that. Really? To him. Yes. Um, I didn't know I was in danger in any sense until I was walking down the street. I frequented this uh, 18 plus club because I can't go to 21 plus clubs, which sucks in my town and sucks in kind of just America yeah. in general. Uh, where we have that kind of stagnation where we're adults, but we can't really do oh, adult really? things. So you have um, 18 so, clubs and 21 ones. Right. Um, 18 plus ones, they're all yeah. right. Um, but I mean, it's just how you could treat an 18 plus okay, club. Okay. And when I was walking out, I was walking down and I was going to be getting to my car and driving because obviously there's no liquor, so I don't got to worry about getting drunk and, you know, um, getting pulled over or getting sniffed out or anything. Uh, but on my way to my car, he walks out like very movie like yeah. was what I that, that was initially what I thought was this is yeah. very movie like and oh my gosh, this seems yeah. like I'm in danger. Background music um, playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And the friends walking <laughs> up behind and he says like, all right, well, how do you want this done? And I was just confused, absolutely confused, no clue. Uh, what, what do you mean? And he said, you, you hurt my sister. Um, I'm going to have to pay you back for that. And I didn't have really any time to react was then he kind of just rushed forward, punched me in the stomach, which really hurts. When you're not ready for it. If you ever had, or have you ever been yep, in a fight? I've in been jumped quite a few times. Yeah. So you know this because feeling. Exactly the thing too. is, like sometimes, like it feels like less than a split second to be to even react because you have that instant mm -hmm. of shock, and it's like instantly in your head. You'll either see red, and you'll just go for it and just try and get right. some sort of revenge on him instantly. But it's so quick that you don't even think about it or you you'll just freeze up it's happened to me both ways where one side i've freezed up the other where i've just saw red so i understand yeah in my case it wasn't even time to react on react because i was just confused with yeah. what he was talking about um and it was immediately wind just gone and then blow to the yeah. back of the head and what what happened after that like well i didn't i wasn't good at adulting so I didn't like go to the police and file yeah. a report. I thought maybe like I kind of earned it or it would only make it worse. Yeah. Um, now, if I ever do end up getting jumped for, you know, a dumb reason or unknown reason like that, I certainly would file a report, but I didn't um, kind of regret that. But, you know, I, I just I really did keep my eyes over my yeah. shoulders and, you know, constantly look around for a good like two, I, I know months. this may be uh, maybe a strange question to ask, but obviously since you've been jumped, I imagine are you the type of person that walks around and listens to music? I was sometimes. Yeah. Like it very much depends yeah. on the situation. But a lot of the time I have a software on my phone that doesn't noise yep. cancel, but it hears through the speakers. Yeah, that's what me. I was gonna ask you. Do you keep your music at a very low volume when you're out? Because I know I do. Ever since I think for the first time you get jumped, it's sort of like okay, this could happen at any time. I'm going to keep this low and just be ready for it. Yeah. 
Um, no, I, yeah, I do keep it very low, constantly looking around. The thing is, my dad, he was raised in, um, are you familiar with LA? Uh, no, I'm from the UK. I've never, I've n never been to uh, America. Um, well, in LA, it's, as you would say, like, probably, I don't want to say it because I don't want to be insensitive, but maybe London, if there's like a bad part of London. Uh, yeah, well, I haven't found that yet, but there is, there was a bad part where I was growing up called Tipton, where I did get a lot of, um harassment right well just to the east side of london or la actually <laughs> <laughs> said london um east side of la there's a place called riverside riverside is where there's a lot of houses that are called spec homes you know cookie cutter houses alternating different size shapes uh gang activity constant so my dad raised and he was raised okay. very bad um but he constantly had that mentality of like he was jumped he was going to be jumped and he possibly was going to jump okay. people um so he instilled in me these ideals and these ways to move through life so in that case it wasn't hard to jump onto that you know keep music low constantly keep an eye out um see cars turning uh different thoughts and efforts like that it's just something i never realized i should really be yeah. doing yeah <laughs> i knew how didn't know i should yeah oh it's always hindsight yeah. 2020 yeah yeah <laughs> you you think and you go i should have i should have i should have it's like when you're sitting in school bored and you have a bit of aggression to you and you're like if i ever got i got in a fight i'm, I'm sure i'd do it like this <laughs> you think all the like movie that. situations always. like john wick <laughs> right and then you then you think back after it actually happened and you realize that you stone-fisted and flubbered that oh gosh i should have really done it like this but obviously i can't do it like that now yeah. so. well, ex exactly but that's yeah. that's insane i mean both both of them stories absolutely horrible and i am sorry about the feelings of obviously suicidal thoughts in the fifth grade and that you've got jumped because the weird thing is i think it's a part of life and that's what's strange it's the evolutions of your character yes actually i think that's a better way to explain it mm -hmm. do you hold any grudges against anyone no uh yes actually i, I will say yes and that's purely against my brother okay okay but that's because i am very I, I hate him as a person, I guess, this is the best way of saying it. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily a grudge or just a strong dis... Like, just if you count hatred as a grudge or if a grudge needs to be a minimal thing. A, a grudge, I imagine, is say, for, for example, you bullied me and I was like, oh, I hate that person. It's, it's like a little bit of hatred. And then, like, say you apologize. It's like, no, I'm not letting things go. Oh, in, in that case, yes. Um, more to it but in the essence of it it is a grudge where like no matter he could try and be brothers or friends with me or say hey how's your day i'd just look at him with the same look yeah. in the eyes you know I'd how know did it. the the grudge start what caused this like dislike um, of your brother an extreme disliking towards how he would treat family treat myself and treat his own life okay where for us we'd you know either have him like tell him like hey could you do this or you know because he's also in on the responsibilities cleaning stuff like that uh hey could you do this and you'll go okay well you didn't do this whatever or not just whatever but like he would say i don't care far too much to be comfortable anything that you say that would be 
somewhat towards him or in any sense like that it'd be just i don't care it's straight out it's just a, it's a bad attitude to have like there's sometimes where you can just say mm-hmm. i don't care you know what once every few times it, it's okay because right. sometimes you just genuinely don't care about something but to get into the habit of it is another thing and i think that's when it becomes a problem yes especially when you've mentioned obviously how he treat you he treat your family and even like treat yourself he just doesn't seem to care before himself it was more he would constantly make these just decisions throwing himself into like problems and situations where he didn't really realize or he did realize if anything and he just didn't do anything about it like he would steal he would lie constantly um he would purchase things on impulse and we're like you shouldn't do that (laughs) he he just I don't care. He just had no, like, morals for it. Right, right. I understand, obviously, Um, why you hold the grudge. I mean, it must have felt quite bad, obviously. I imagine he's your brother, so you did care. Even though you got this hatred, and you obviously, I imagine you'd want the best for him. Yeah. But if he doesn't seem to care, it's hard to look after somebody, or even try and guide somebody who doesn't care about themselves. It can be very challenging. Yeah. And I think that's where the crux of my problem is, is the fact that I have this pure ingrained just hatred and grudge for him, but I still want what's best for him. Yeah, yeah. I I find myself still thinking about that. He currently works at McDonald's and he's had three years of experience there. I'm like, you could diversify, earn more money here and have a better quality of life, etc. And I know if I ever tell him that, he'd simply say the same thing. I just don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon anything will make him see a way where he does start to care about things? Being put on the street. Yeah, becoming homeless. That'd probably be annoying. Homeless or with his attitude towards others by like, I don't care or anything like that. Probably the same situation as you and I and getting jumped. Yeah. Or- getting just punched in the face or something just something that's a true wake up yeah well having your securities ripped away exactly because uh, for example with the being jumped that uh, that's a very interesting but painful experience and it's i say it's interesting because as a as a kid climb trees you fall down you think oh i'm not gonna get too hurt once you get jumped your security in the world is completely different you lo- you lose a lot of trust you don't know you feel like okay when when am i gonna get jumped next and you just you it's, it becomes very uncomfortable of going out for a certain amount of time and you get comfortable indoors yeah back to the subject your brother it's one of the things that it's interesting because when you get jumped it it wakes you up it sort of opens your mind to okay this this world isn't actually quite a nice place yeah and that's why i say it's just you know it's a sudden awakening and it would get him to be a better person I, i feel yeah and if it doesn't then that's when we can all realize you know he's not gonna improve yeah and like that it's an extremely bad problem like that the, the mindset that your brother has yeah do i really do hope that your brother sees a way of you know getting some motivation or some sort of change in his life where he starts to care about things yeah, yeah. i don't hope he gets jumped though but i do hope he gets a life lesson yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll try and lighten the mood for a little bit so what's the funniest drunk story do you have well i only really started drinking this year oh really that's interesting oh yes it's it's 21 in america isn't it to be able to drink or is it 18 indeed it's 21 in uh america ah i think that's where we're a little bit lucky over here because it's 18 to drink (laughs) yeah certainly but i mean i certainly have my own um most of the time when i drink it's in vr chat ah okay because that's when i started drinking was 
when I first got on VRChat, they're like, hey, you should drink with us. I'm like, I, I never thought of that. <laughs> and I don't, think I, I don't think I could get it. But I'm like, wait, I have a coworker that could get it. So I started having my coworker buy alcohol for me. <laughs> the snaky way around. Yeah, yeah. And he's a, he's a super caring guy. Yeah. But So he doesn't ask for like gas money or anything. But I'm like, well, I'm driving you, so... I can't ask you. You're not getting gas money. <laughs> it's more he picks it up on the way home. I take it home. <laughs> and you drink it for him. <laughs> yeah, drink it for him. Probably one of the funniest was when I ended up meeting a guy named Baked Potato. <laughs> baked Potato. Baked Potato. Okay. Uh, yeah, Baked Potato in VR chat. And he would constantly go around, like, all drunkenly in a, like Australian accent. <laughs> He's from Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> He's nowhere near Australian. Okay. How good was the accent? Uh, <laughs> Is it, was it a good or was it close or was it just awful? Ah, uh, yeah. What's your thinking? <laughs> it, uh... like, essentially, it was like that. It was very much, it was a very bad accent. But... Funny but awful. <laughs> Yeah, if anything, you could pass him as a drunken Australian. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, if not, like if you're actually Australian, you hated his guts. <laughs> <laughs> and usually when you would drink with him, you'd also do that. Oh, really? There's like no way past it. Yes, you would drunkenly sound like try to sound Australian. <laughs> Just to match the drunkenness it was, level. <laughs> it was inherent. And... It was constantly us going to like a public world, just going like, hey, yeah, what you doing? And <laughs> it was just the pure like funny moments of being able to go up to a big group of people, like in front of a mirror or something. And they're all chill, they're common. And we're all like, hey, yeah, you're drinking now. Hey! <laughs> Get them on the bandwagon for drinking. Which is funny because like half of them would start drinking. <laughs> it was no doubt. Like, especially on a good night, like a Friday night or something. Yeah. We just. They pick it up. <laughs> yeah, so probably that wouldn't be like the big one. That does sound like a, a funny moment to have. I mean, it's like, it's like we spoke about earlier. Some of the people in VR are just some of the funniest people you'll ever meet. They're just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. What I love about the game as well, VR chat, is how it's completely free. Oh, That's yeah. That's what I find well, crazy. It's free with a expensive dlc okay yes yes <laughs> <laughs> good yeah okay fair enough i can't argue with that <laughs> all right the next question i have for you is what do you think about when you're by yourself depends okay depends on the situation right um when i'm just at home yeah i'm usually i'm usually not alone I'm usually in voice calls or anything like that. But if I'm going to be walking down the street or something, I usually don't try and keep myself to my thoughts. Okay. But like working in the grocery store, I can't have headphones in or anything. Oh, okay. Obviously because of customer service. Mm -hmm. Even though it's in the middle of the night and probably won't have to interact with anyone, still got to make it fair for everybody. So it's like no music. Um, See, I, I personally disagree with that, especially off you on a night shift because exactly you can we all feel that exactly. we work exactly it. <laughs> exactly like i've done night shifts before at warehouses and because of the warehouse i was like you can't have your music because of the forklift trucks which i was like okay i i can't argue with you on the forklift trucks because i don't want to get run over but come on you're not gonna get run over in the shop just get the man some earphones and let him listen to his music exactly so at work i was when i'd be most left alone with my thoughts yeah and that's mostly when I think about like 
just different things that are troubling me in life and usually they'd come to me like if i'm having a relationship problem or a social problem i'll be able to easily think about that yeah and it's mostly me solving my problems whenever i'm alone i'm constantly thinking about fixing things okay okay what fixing fixing what sorry like think fixing yourself fix it trying to help your friends or just in general like yeah. if my friends are having relationship problems i'll think about that because i tend to be the uh i call myself a janitor ah, okay. um when it comes to like a breakup or anything to that degree etc i will be there to clean up the mess that's afterwards either comfort the other people both of them if anything yeah um if people are having job troubles like i've helped people find careers i've located one person i ended up finding finding an apartment for them that they were able to get oh really that's that's um, really cool of you right yeah like something impacts someone i help i come clean it up Okay, okay. I understand why they call you the janitor. <laughs> it suits you. It suits you. I think it's nice. Obviously, you've you've had some like really rough experience, but it, I do like how you've got this mentality where it's okay. This is a negative. Let me turn this into a positive attitude. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good because you you really do sound like a positive guy. The next question I have, and I spun the wheel, is have you ever had to steal? Yes. And what was it you were stealing? Like, was it obviously because of, you said obviously Um, like money and stuff like that. Was it like food or? It was multiple things. um, And just in general. So uh, multiple times I've stolen. Uh, Once was, you know, stealing food from a grocery store. Yeah. Um, Other times uh, was I had to steal money. I have technically mugged someone. Oh, really? Yeah. That. Uh, well, I call it technically, but it was more I was getting the money out of the customer. Um, in the escort. How did you technically? Was it you was pushy to technically mug them or? Yeah, it, it was more like I guess it's more closer to blackmail, but it, it's not something I was proud of, and I was reprimanded for it. Yeah. But this guy, because we do a half before, half after. Um, okay, half deal. In reality, three-eighths before, three-eighths, or six-eighths, six, six, fucking, ah, math. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't wanting to pay the other half, which would be in cash. Um, and it, he had it. He just, I, I feel my experience or my, my service wasn't exemplary enough, and he wanted more. He wanted extra told him that's not how it goes and in that case i got very pushy i pushed him down you know grabbed it and i said your name's gonna be on the list and then walked out so i guess kind of mugged kind of not yeah wouldn't really this list then as well is this obviously like people where you have to watch out for that are obviously trying to trying to get get a free ride let's say yeah how, how did it make you feel that you sort of like pushed this guy and you took his money considering like that's actually happened well something similar has happened to you you didn't technically like jump him but you did like push him and take the money did like you have any memories of what happened before no not really it, it, that it is more because I have, I have myself like a bit of a temper when it comes to like just things not being semi-fair like you agree to something you do something yeah yeah if you didn't like it don't do it again or fix it after that's a very straightforward mindset i have okay so in this case he, he agreed to pay this he agreed for the deal you don't agree to it i will make sure you get it and then you won't be able to do it again because you just tried cheating us yeah okay okay so obviously it's just that it's a straight shooting attitude that you have yeah you can plan for the future and change things but 
yeah. once you commit into something and unless it's something you truly can just back out of like you're at a party you can back out of a party yeah you don't have to stay at the party but if you agree to dj for a night you should probably stay for that night or you're screwing a lot of people over yeah yeah so obviously you're very you have the idea of this like the gentleman's handshake where a deal is a deal um i am glad that you got the money but i'm sorry it had to happen that way yeah i mean i find there's nothing really to be sorry about just i'm glad there wasn't any like legal ramifications for it yeah anything like that yeah well i imagine that there can't be can't there because obviously it's it's escort and obviously i imagine the legal line is very very gray yes very gray i imagine it's a very gray area right yeah so it's more than that okay right i'll ask you two more questions and then i think we'll be all good if that's all right with you of course what is your favorite thing about yourself probably hmm that's a hard one <laughs> <laughs> the way the wheel gives the questions i just put them in <laughs> yeah well i find with this it's it's easy to think of all the negatives hard to think of the positives well, especially if you have that time this is the thing um, like this is why i like this podcast because i don't the, I, the only questions i obviously state on the reddit forum is you know what's the best thing and the what's what's the worst thing i don't say any other questions i just say there will be more and that's why i like an honest response i think is the best way because it, it doesn't give anyone to, a chance to prepare yeah probably my ability to be positive in situations yeah. that i myself don't even know i can be positive in yeah yeah exactly i have an amazing sense of self-reflection <laughs> like, this, is, this is this is how i screwed up this is how i could fix it yeah um see so obviously you're one of these that notices the mistakes and you can think okay hmm how am i gonna fix it yeah like every time i, I i'm terrible at remembering or knowing it in the moment so it's like, <laughs> but like every time i've lost a relationship i can usually look back and go yeah, it was it was probably that. Yeah, like that's or, the way yeah, you no, fixed it. That. It's it's, it's, yeah. it's like when you get insulted by someone and they say something very smart, but you can't think of anything. One hour down the line, it's like, oh Ooh. damn it, I should have said that. Exactly. <laughs> and that's just like, oh god damn it. <laughs> I think that's a good attitude to have because you're always going to have negatives and you will have positives. It's just got you got to learn your lesson from them, I believe. So the last question I ask everybody else on this show as well is, do you have an end goal in life? Mm, for what I like to achieve or just a goal what would you like to achieve like what is there something in your your life that you want to accomplish no matter what actually yeah um my main career passion is i want to be a butler oh really okay what do you like about butlining but is it butling butlicking <laughs> no uh, like there's household management yeah um is like a big thing you could say about but butling okay. is i could say for that uh it's more the fashion that i've tried it a little bit okay. and i felt very comfortable in it oh really you feel comfortable with it just, yes just the managing of the household being told hey i need this and this done by this yeah. and not only managing that but managing the other things and it's just being in that type of environment is very much what i did i'd agree to do that eight hours 16 hours yeah. you know every day etc Oh, okay. I mean, I I don't know any uh, butlers or like any TV shows with butlers except for the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. But that that but he <laughs> he was he was brilliant. He was. <laughs> would you yeah. would you ever consider yourself going to like a, a butlin school where you can learn more? Or because I know they do have a few. There two. There's two that I could consider that are like especially one is a lot are like in in England. Yeah. So <laughs> I 
can't really go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one is in Canada called McAfferson. It's a really nice school. Um, they're not currently running any sessions because yeah. obviously quarantine, yes. but they do have like employment through them program and stuff like that. Another one is the International School for Butlering, oh. which is in the Netherlands, just south of Amsterdam. Uh-huh. It is extremely expensive, though. <laughs> <laughs> How expensive are we talking? Um, well, in my case, seeing as I'm mostly living, um, like earning money and just kind of living. Yeah. And I'd have to move. For me, it'd be about thirty-two thousand um, dollars. Just overall, like having to transport myself there, get my passport. Yeah. You know, living expenses all that for school admission close to eighteen thousand dollars or i believe the proper term is like fifteen thousand pound or euro yeah pound, was it? that's a lot of money <laughs> if you had to choose one of them obviously the one in netherlands canada or britain which one would you go for oh uh, no well if i could netherlands that one a two-month training program yeah. fully like they feed um they give you a suit like a fully fitted suit yeah so you know like it provides a lot for you for the price you're giving um throughout the two months it is all like learn to work kind of thing yeah like they have this one exercise where you'd go around so you'd set the you'd set the dinner table everybody would be setting the dinner table for themselves and the staff um and they'd be learning fork spoon placement the measurements uh from the table stuff like that but also like if i was to hold a glass or set hold like eight glasses at once and all of them were to drop and break okay you'll learn your mistake yeah um you're certainly not held to the high esteem as work but you're still given the work experience and then they have different exercises like they have one where you're holding a tray of glasses and you're walking in a circle and the instructor throws a like rubber ball at you oh really yeah and you gotta like you're making sure that you know you don't like you can get hit by the rubber ball but you'd make sure that the tray doesn't get dropped or oh down. that's interesting that must test a lot of balance yeah balance reaction all that what is it that interests you because i know you said you've done something similar before didn't you yeah uh it was essentially i was private hired yeah um essentially i was a butler for like a good two months oh, really and did it go well um, not too it was very well and i enjoyed the cleaning and the organizing and finding things that they didn't even find <laughs> you know it's really something when you can walk through your your room and you kind of take a sniff and you realize hmm did the ceiling fan used to smell <laughs> it must be interesting and uh was it was it strange as well? Obviously, you done it for two months. Was you cleaning someone else's home? Was it? Yeah, no, I was cleaning the room. I was cleaning the home. I was establishing meals. Yeah. Like I was, I was making the meals, prepping um, the kids' stuff. You know, putting their bags by the door, making sure um, I woke them up, etc. So different, the different duties and deals. Uh, I accepted phone calls, took notes depending on the phone call. Oh, um, oh really it, so if it was obviously um would there be calls that would come anyway just be like nah that's not worth taking right. well it would be like um who are they addressing if they're addressing the household then that's usually one to take notes for if they're addressing a certain person sometimes they'd be addressing one of the kids i would you know wire it off and hand it to the child so they could be able to uh be on the phone call uh-huh. um other than that it was kind of to my discretion 
Okay, okay. Let's see. Oh yeah, it's 14... Oh, yeah, so 14,500 euros. Oof, that's a lot of money. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that's the one in the International School for Butler. Oh, man, well, I really hope... Is that what you're saving for at the moment, to go for it, or...? Yeah, yeah, that's the main one I'm saving up for. Yeah. If not, then it's the McAfferson, which is still a really good one. Both options placements so that, that's good that they've got like um obviously like the the placements as well could these homes be anywhere out of the the world or is it just america or obviously oh, the yeah. netherlands um for the canada one usually it's it would be employments in canada because you know that's kind of where the school is yeah. to america centralized around mid like middle of america to large cities for the international one that one, anywhere there's a lot of placements currently in england and also china that, that's exciting i mean if you do come over to england you'll have, you'll have to pop over and say hello and i'll get i'll get you to make a drink see how good the skills are <laughs> <laughs> start throwing the balls at the tray <laughs> certainly certainly hey, or, so i can always pop it in at the end i don't really have any plugins it's more like you'll see me around um usually my usernames are axel spelt like an axel yeah but with a three <laughs> and then, or axel greets Okay. It's usually on. Okay, yeah, I'll come back then in. So what I'll do now is I'll just do a quick outro. Um and once I've just said, you know, it's been it's been uh great having you, you can just say like bye or thanks or whatever outro you feel comfortable with. Right. So uh thank you again for the audience for listening to the Raw Live podcast. It's been great having you, Axel. We've learned a lot about especially escort, VR chat escorts. We've obviously learned about like the bad things in your life and how you take the ne- the the negatives and turn them into positives. I just want to say it's been absolutely great having you on the show, Axel. Certainly. And uh, I wanna make a note to everybody else that remember life is gonna beat you down, but it all matters on how you get up again. Thank you again for the audience to listen and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye bye. <laughs> I like it. Ha, 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 ha.